0: Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host Brent Weber. On today's episode we'll be listening to PSY 352 Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. Okay so let's take a minute to talk about evaluating nonverbal cues. So when you think about the information available to individuals a lot of it is nonverbal. So uh, back to our couple on the train station. Nobody was speaking to them. We were all looking down at our phones or our newspapers or our books. So you have to take nonverbal cues to decide uh, what makes uh, to make decisions about uh, individuals. So the eye contact effect—the first one we'll discuss. Eye contact engages parts of the brain. Involved in social relating, um, eye gaze is also important. That is, looking at a person or looking away from a person. Uh, eye contact is very interesting. Um, one of my favorite studies, uh, really one of my favorite social psych studies that I have ever read, uh, was about um, bagel. Was about bagels. You know, if you can imagine that. Um, so uh, there was a company that had um, that had bagels that uh, were given out, or I guess the bagels were put in a box, and there was a can next to the box, and it said, "Please put a dollar in for every bagel you take." And uh, somebody was running a business, I guess, so they would you know bring a box of bagels to a bunch of different businesses and say, "Hey, just just put a dollar in for every bagel you take." So what they found was. Um, Uh, they put a picture up near the bagels of a bunch of eyes. It was kind of stylized, you know, several different sets of eyes looking around, looking towards people um, kind of where the bagels were at, give or take. Um, So they put this sort of art piece up at some of the office locations and they put something that looked very similar but instead of eyes had flowers. So different sets of two flowers each. And they put these two different art pieces up and they found that people that had the piece of art that looked like eyes near their bagels were more likely to pay for the bagels they took. Much more likely, as it turned out, uh, than the folks with the flowers. So, and then, you know, the next thing they did, as good experimenters, they changed the pictures up, so they put the eye pictures in the people, for the people who had, used to have the flowers, and the flowers then got the eye pictures, and the, um, the results flipped the way you would expect. So whoever, whatever group had the pictures of the eyes around always acted more honestly. So there is something intrinsically intrinsically human about if you have eyes watching you, or you think you have eyes watching you, it is more likely to make you behave honestly. Even if you know it's just a picture and it has no conscious effect on you, subconsciously just having eye gaze can change your behavior. So uh, one of the nonverbal cues, eye gaze. Facial expressions, smiles are an asset, but must be perceived as sincere. Um, it's always good to smile. People in a good mood, smiling, uh, it can be contagious. It can have a contagion effect. It's very positive on how people view you. Uh, to smile, the the caveat to that, of course, being it has to be perceived as sincere. Somebody who always has a insincere smile would be Uh, not very likable. Whereas somebody with a sincere smile um, would be much more likable. So I encourage people in general not only uh, is it the case that other people will like you more, but just smiling will make you feel better. Just the act of smiling uh, will change how you feel, because even though your brain is a funny thing, um, even if you're not feeling happy, if you smile and And that will send the signals to your brain that you are, in fact, feeling happy, Uh, happier than if you were otherwise uh, just holding a straight face. So smiling is very powerful, and I recommend that you do it whenever possible. Physical attractiveness stereotype. So we rate attractive people more positively. What is beautiful is good. This is pretty straightforward. something that used to be called uh, the halo effects where when somebody's physically attractive, you in general, people in general, will think that they're good at everything. So, oh, you're physically attractive, you must also be a good bassoonist, and a fast runner, and a good student, etc. There's no real reason to believe this. Um, you know, sometimes someone who's physically attractive is simply physically attractive. But they tend to get the benefit of the doubt through all kinds of different situations. So strategies for social perception and cognition. Social categorization. So this is uh, one of kind of the fast ways of uh, evaluating people is categorizing. In which group does that person belong? This is good because it helps our minds organize our social world, and it's not so good because it leaves a lot of room for biases, for prejudices, etc. But without this, it's it's difficult to think that we would be able to get through the day. Uh, So every time you see a person wearing a blue uniform and a badge carrying a gun, you don't have to think, gosh, okay, blue uniform, badge, car with lights, uh might be police officer. Yeah, you don't have to do that because we have social categorization. Uh, you can just look just from the look from behind, from far away. You can go, oh, I know, I know who that person is. That person is a police officer. Um, or I know who that person is. That person is an athlete. Or that person works at this place or that place. Uh, so this is a good thing in that it saves us a tremendous amount of mental energy And it's a bad thing in that it opens us up for um, bias and prejudice, which we're going to discuss later in the course. So attributions, causal inferences. This is the why question. So we attribute something to somebody, but why? Somebody does something nice to us, somebody gives you a cookie, and you wonder, why did that person give me a cookie? Do they want me to give them something in return? Uh, are they trying to fool me? Is there something wrong with the cookie? Are they a nice person? Are they a person who's attracted to me? etc? So trying to figure out that why question, this is what we're talking about when we are talking about attributions. So there's external versus versus internal attributions attributing others' behavior to situational causes versus to character or disposition. So, um, just to to go over that, uh, external would be something like the situation somebody's in. You know, so somebody's not being nice to you. You can either say, that person's really not a nice person, and then that's an internal attribution. You're talking about their character. Or you can say, uh, I know that that person's really busy because uh, their job is really crazy right now. They must just be stressed out and busy. Um, so it's not their internal attributions, it's the external. it's the, what is acting on them. So actor observer bias. this is one when I learned it, this was very strong thought to be very strongly supported, although nowadays it is, it's uh, less strongly supported. That is, we tend to explain our own behavior emphasizing situational causes while we tend to attribute others' behavior to personal causes. The fundamental attribution error is very similar, and again, when I learned it, the fundamental attribution era, error was um, it was like gospel. It was something that was no, universally true, but uh, things change as more research comes out and now is thought to be less well supported. It turns out things are more complex than that. But the general idea being that our own behavior, we think about the situations because we know the situations, and dealing with others, we tend to make it personal. So, covariation and attributions. So this is Kelly's model of covariation. Uh, So that is, we explain others' behavior by considering first, consensus. How similar is this person's behavior to others in the same situation? Second, distinctiveness. Is this behavior similar to how the person acts across situations? So, somebody who is not nice to you and not nice to your roommate and not nice to your professors and not nice to their sister. Uh, Maybe this is a person Who uh, The the distinctiveness uh, is not there. The person behaves similarly uh, across all situations. And then is this person's behavior the same the next time this situation occurs? Consistency. So, um, if somebody is, is mean to you every time you step on their lawn, well, there's consistency for you. Every time you step on their lawn, you get the same result that shows consistency. This is a model you're gonna wanna know and be able to uh, make sense of. And continuing along these lines, now we talk about heuristics. I've already brought them up twice because it's one of my favorite social site concepts, but let's do it officially. So heuristics are mental shortcuts. They're used when we have little time for processing which, by the way, is almost all the time. Uh, Very rarely do you have a lot of time for processing or do you need a lot of time for processing. In my case, picking a surgeon was a good time to take a lot of time for processing, but it was actually hard to come up with that example because so much of your life, so much of my life, is lived quickly using these mental shortcuts. So one example of many the availability heuristic. If I can easily remember it, it must be highly possible. So, uh, we disregard or ignore base rate information. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, so, the example that I, I remember was you tell somebody, oh, I have this friend, he's six foot ten, he went to Michigan, um, he's a very good athlete, uh, what do you think his job is? And the person might say, well, he's probably a basketball player, but uh, there are so few people who are professional basketball players uh, that it's actually very unlikely that this person is a basketball player. It's much more likely that they have pretty much every other profession, because there are only, you know, under 100 professional basketball players in the country. So this is where we, are. we ignore important information like the base rate of jobs uh, for more easily available information like, oh, if they're tall when they went to Michigan, they must be a basketball player. And finally, priming effects. This is that we tend to remember more easily things that are primed in our memories by our exposure to them.